Hi, my name is Tanya Nelson, and this is the Inscape deep dive into my book with special guest Tayan Nelson. And we're going to go with chapter two today. I'm really excited to share. Um, the book Inscape is uh, available anywhere books are sold. So if you're interested, take a look at the journey into the self. And daring to know ourself is the subject we're talking about today. Chapter two is really fun because this is the opening of, of asking the question. We have to ask the question before we ever get an answer. And when we ask powerful questions, we get powerful answers. And I want to start off by the the first meditation is talking about the journey to Delphi. And I think it's really fun to, to look at the history. And you have such a passion for uh, religion and ancient Greek mythology. And a lot of this this study is from from your passion in this. So give give the readers a little bit of background into the journey of Delphi and and really the inspiration behind that. Yeah, it was a very philosophical idea in ancient Greece um, to make the journey to the Temple of Delphi. And um, obviously, it's actually a real place. It's not just myth, 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 it's not just mythological. It is does come from um, an actual temple that has since been, you know, destroyed. But the ruins are still there to visit in Athens. And so it's a really, there was a lot of um, historical material to pull from for this kind of research because... Um, we talk about in the very first chapter how inscribed on this temple is the phrase know thyself and um, that is true and so the idea was in ancient Greece that politicians and kings and warriors and um, philosophers would make this journey and climb this mountain to have an audience with the oracle who would then you know prophesize and tell the future and so it was very inspirational to take this idea of um, a temple that was built around the idea of knowing yourself but ultimately um in the mythology there was someone else that was telling you this um this reality and giving you insight into yourself and hoping that you would then take that and and act upon it but that was the interesting thing about um combining this greek myth of journeying to a temple to meet with an oracle to get answers um, with the slightly more modern um, revolutionary era idea of daring to know because that was the definition of enlightenment or or is the definition of enlightenment according to this philosopher. And so merging those ideas and taking this journey as a more personal conquest um, I think was really interesting. And in this chapter we introduce it as as very true to the original myth and um, as the story progresses we start to kind of break that down and uh, modernize a lot of it but in this chapter it's really built on the idea of searching for answers and I think that that, that would be the essence of this myth originally. What I love about using this concept and this this history is that to your point I think you I think you mentioned this and, and went into this it and that is that that although this is part of history, we use it as part of the inscape, right? It's part of the meditation of realizing that this oracle is within ourselves. And it takes us asking the question. That's that's one of the first steps in this meditation or in the journey to, to speak to the oracle is that you've got to have a purpose. You've right. got to actually be able to ask a question. And 
you know, it's interesting because sometimes we do um, pray or or speak to ourselves or speak to our friends or or search per se in um, in kind of an unknowing, not very intentional way. And so I love this part of it. I think it's crucial to any journey to knowing ourselves. And that is to to realize that the oracle is within us and it's in, within our inscape and that we have to be able to be brave enough to really, um, to really ask that question of who are we? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a perfect way of really looking at, there is a journey to actually get up to this temple. And yes, that's hard work. And the journey in our lives is always going to represent this. um, For the most part, I I see it happen with myself. I've seen it, I've journeyed myself and I've seen with my clients that this journey usually ends up that we, we have this first phase of our life of um, climbing this ladder or checking off the boxes or, or this program of this is what success or happiness is going to look like. This is what the sense of being is. This is I'll be valuable enough or I'll be worthy enough once I get up this hill, right? And I love the the parallel and the analogy of this journey because that's what happens a lot of times for us is we we make this journey to get up the hill and it's a very eerie feeling once we get to the top of whatever that looks like for us, whatever that programming was, whatever that um, idea of success was, and to realize that we have to knock and still ask what feels like a very beginning question to the journey. And it can feel a little deflating even. So I love this analogy of, of journeying to this place and realizing, and we talked about it a little bit in our, in, in our last uh, podcast, which was that the, this isn't a beginning book necessarily. This isn't about necessarily that journey. This is about once you've already reached the top and now going within and asking a really powerful question. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. I think the interesting thing that you bring up there is that the really powerful question throughout the book is who am I? And that's, that's a really ongoing theme and I think it was a very relevant thing to the mythology of sort of this story originally is this idea of identity and how to make decisions and act from that place that we talked about really briefly in um, our last podcast but in this chapter I think what we do that's interesting is back it up from that really large question into a more manageable or um, comprehensible idea which is what am I searching for and we talk a lot in this chapter um, going into the meditation, but also into your story as well about reaching this I- this top in a lot of ways yeah. and realizing that that was never actually the goal and the outer things were not what you were searching for. And so it continues, what I like about this chapter a lot is it continues to redirect the reader um, inwards and into a more introspective space to continue to ask that question and maybe find an actual answer rather than um, the reflection of it in the outer world. Right. And for me personally, and, and again, I've, I've seen this pattern happen in countless people's lives. I, I dare say everyone gets the opportunity to reach this space in their life. We've got it labeled as like a midlife crisis or a midpoint. And, and 
I may actually even want you to share a little bit about story structure and what that looks like, because it's interesting. This is the point in a lot of people's lives where you've got a decision to go inside and not everybody has the perspective, the knowledge, the wisdom, um, to, to do that as young as you did, which was, which was so awesome. I find that this is the, the typical, uh, idea of a midlife crisis. And that's, that's kind of what I'm explaining here in my story is I, I had so much wrapped around, uh, my sense of value and worth in this career of mine. And, and there were so many people that I had gathered in my space and, and I had, I had reached this level of success that felt like I was at the top. And when that came crashing down is what it felt like, you know, it felt like it got ripped away from me in a way that, that was so vital to me going inward and asking this question. And, and I remember, and this is, you know, it's kind of funny because not the readers won't know this, but, um, you were actually there that day and, and, you know, we, we, uh, we walked out of that salon together and I don't know if you remember but you know we just we I we just drove to a parking lot and there was this this moment what I would call this quantum moment for myself and and interesting looking back there was no coincidences that you were there because you've been along this side of this journey for me the entire time and you know we sat in this parking lot and I didn't know whether to cry to laugh to scream you know it was like this all-encompassing moment of what the hell just happened, you know, and it was so shocking. And I remember specifically saying, you know, and I think, I think at the time it was more laughter. I think it was the defense mechanism of, I've just got to do something with this energy. And I remember at the time saying, why is this happening? And I had already done a little bit of work in starting to observe my life and realizing that there were no coincidences and and to stay present for my life and in this moment it was a it was a moment of really saying this has to be happening for a reason. This doesn't make any sense um on the outside this th- I thought that this was my purpose and there was that moment of why is this happening? And if this is happening, this must mean something more for myself. Go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) I was just going to say that was, I think that's a really good articulation of exactly what happened that day. Um, And it's really interesting because I think you're describing kind of an interesting point in the story, especially narratively, um, speaking somewhat to story structure, like you're talking about, it's kind of funny because I think a lot of people would assume a midlife crisis is a midpoint, um, as in it's halfway through the story. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times, and and as is the case with this book, this is not obviously the midpoint because it's two chapters in, and so it's more of what you'd call a catalyst or an inciting incident. And mm. I think a lot of people spend, which is really the first major story beat in the story after the hook, the initial, the initial story beat. Um, it's the first time things really get pushed and moving. And I think it's an inter- interesting point to compare that to a midlife crisis because a lot of people, I think, get stuck in the first act of their lives for a long time. Um, and it's not until um, they finally line up with it, um, line up with something, with some kind of desire, some kind of question, um, that things, their story begins and starts moving. And I think that's probably why that phase of life is often really frustrating because it is probably the first time things really get 
pushed. Um, and from there, kind of things just escalate. And I think that's another reason why this is not necessarily an introductory story, because this is based off the assumption that that's started. There's, there is that movement. And, it's, and I think readers that haven't come to that place um, will struggle probably getting into the narrative because it, it picks up in a question, in, in a spot that I think you have to be in in order to really and truly resonate with it. I think it's a, a it's a beautiful way to take judgment out of something that I think society and people are not only afraid of but highly judge and and there's a lot of energy and stereotype around what a midlife crisis would be right. and you know, I've heard people call it a midlife review. I've heard people call it all sorts of things to avoid this word crisis. And the destruction of this box that we put ourselves in, the destruction of of being able to take down walls and and things, fears and different things that have kept us safe is a just that it's a destructive process yeah i was know? gonna say i think a lot of people try and soften that a yeah. lot um and that's something that i know when we were really brainstorming the the structure of this book we wanted to avoid a lot because a lot of people talk about this idea of self-discovery or or a different ways of articulating the idea of knowing yourself and this journey and when you soften that into something that feels less than it is, I think you really dilute the entire experience. And in this book, I know for me, a big goal in kind of structuring it and coming up with some of the concept was to make sure that all of the intensity and the gravity of what was happening remained. And that's why I liked pulling from this myth like we talked about, because it was perilous. It was um, chaotic. It was dangerous. It was all these things that, you know, you need for a good story. And removing those things and making it uh, diluting what the process actually is doesn't exactly do the structure a service. It doesn't do the story a service. And people, I think, have a tendency, especially in this industry, to do that in in a lot of ways. And really, the idea of self-discovery and self-love and this journey is a... It's an intense thing. It has gravity and yeah. weight to it. And yeah. and I that's something in these first chapters we wanted to make sure we really articulated is that it's not just this, you know, there's like, you know, there's, you have stories that try and like eat, pray, love or ideas like they make it a very romantic idea. And I think doing that makes it so people have this misconception of what this journey was. And I think, um, you know, mythology and scripture probably it articulates it better than maybe we do modernly this idea that to make this journey to an oracle wasn't considered a frivolous thing in the slightest it was extremely difficult and um like you're talking about we liken this to your story in a lot of ways and and when we're communicating what happened it's not there there is weight and gravity to it and so i think um understanding that and realizing that the the tension that pulls on this question is really the only way to to move forward in the narrative I love I love this point, and I think it's extremely valuable to talk about. And that is, um, when I hear you say that, I think about the instinct that we have, first of all, to avoid this destruction, right? To avoid um, pain in general. Right. And I think that I think this is so valuable. And if you get anything out of just this chapter, that would be it. 
for me, the most valuable thing would be that the pain and the destruction and the journey is is the gift. And that is part of being able to stretch and grow and expand. And um, I know that, that, you know, 100% of my clients, well, I'll, I'll say 90% of my clients, when they come to me, to your point, as, as they pick up this book or when they come to me, it's usually this catalyst of, of this, you know, destruction. And there's always something that is starting to push them forward. And life has a way of doing that. We have a way of creating our own destruction Mm -hmm. or our own worst fears. And that, that is, you know, that is not something to be avoided, you know? And so many times I think that there are a good majority of people who believe that they are successful or they have arrived in some way if they avoid pain or if they right. avoid these hard things and it's it's just so interesting because there isn't any hero or mentor or guru that you could you could find anybody who is truly successful that has avoided pain <laughs> or that has avoided this this part in yep. their journey and so moving into pain and moving into destruction and hard things and fears and and judgments and, and that is the work to your point and mm-hmm. glorifying that or romanticizing it may do it a little bit of a it may not be an alignment for what it really feels like because it is a messy hard process yeah, it makes it unrecognizable yeah good point also i think it, it it decreases the the value of how much this should resonate with people because it doesn't feel um it doesn't feel anything less than intense and gravity yeah. when you're in it. Yeah, good point. You know, I, I have a couple of clients that I work with that have learned this in their lives. And I, I think that you fall under this category because, again, we've kind of talked about how your journey has, has moved quick and and obviously not done. And it's fun to see, you know, what that's going to end up looking like as we, as we move along. But I have a couple of clients that intentionally and consciously know this about life and that will move into these hard things, I'll say, um, their fears, their judgments, and consciously actually create, um, or line up with, with the, the movement and the, the choice to actually move into these to these moments of their life. Not many people are like this, but I do know a few that are very conscious of moving into their fears and creating their fears and creating things in their lives that really expand themselves. Um, and I know for you, you've, you've actually experienced that as well. Yeah, for sure. I think there is a consciousness that comes with it that you start to intuitively recognize places I think it comes from people want different things out of life also and if your only goal is to just stay safe and comfortable then then you're not going to push into those things and yeah. nor should you because that's not going to get you that result and there's no right or wrong to it but if your goal is to you know to venture into this space and to do all that then you're intuitively going to be pulled in some of those directions and I think personally that's how it's always felt um for me but yeah, I totally agree. This this chapter is a fun one. And, and I think that, like I said, getting out of it 
that asking powerful questions or staying awake and conscious of of what we're creating in order to expand is a really huge part of it. And then realizing that there is a journey to get to this space is is also part of it. So um, I think that this is this is a really fun chapter. It, they're not they're not um, long on purpose, you know, because if you're really doing the work, then you realize that this is this is all an internal um like we talked about before this is this is the inscape this is this is something that you that you have to do individually and so we're just guiding people through that to to do their own work so right. um this is a fun one and it's the point where for me personally i think that i started to um to be conscious of this uh, journey in asking who am I and why is this happening and realizing that the catalyst is is like you said things in our life that that on the outside look like they are blowing up and right. that's that's yes. what this was <laughs> so yeah dive into the book we're gonna hit chapter three and and really talk about this journey it will continue for sure